Apple's holding a big event next week. For the first time since the company began holding product launches in September back in 2012, there won't be an iPhone. So what are we expecting? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET Editor-at-Large and Apple Beat reporter Ian Scherr. Welcome, Ian. How are you doing? Great. So Apple is holding this event on Tuesday, uh, but there won't be an iPhone. So what are you expecting to see? We're expecting to see a lot of talk about the Apple Watch and the iPad. And part of the reason for this is that we've been seeing kind of, I mean, first off, these devices are all on an annual cycle, and this is about the time that they should be updating anyway. But also when it comes to the iPad, there's been a lot of movement with the iPad Pro. We've seen, first off, it has that that kind of more box-like design. The current iPad Airs do not have that design. Uh, you know, it's about time that we get rid of the fingerprint sensor, although I'm not sure if that will happen. And then also on the back of it, there are new sensors that Apple is using for AR, augmented reality, which is uh, kind of like Pokemon Go, right? It overlays computer images on the real world when you look through the screen. And uh, this LiDAR sensor, as it's called, uh, it helps to map rooms. It does a much better job of orienting the device in a space and can allow Apple to do much more advanced AR stuff. So it's it feels likely that's what we're going to see some of. Uh, and then the Apple Watch, it's kind of, you know, we saw Samsung come out with their own watch. So Apple's got to respond. Uh, and I'm sure that they'll do something. But it's a kind of unclear. Yeah, that's I think with the, the time flies tease in the Apple invite clearly telegraphed that we're getting some sort of update. I mean, what what are you expecting with the Apple Watch? You know, I think that the uh, betting money would be on better battery life. It's the one thing that Apple's really been trying to work on. And uh, not only that, but during the Worldwide Developers Conference in June, Apple announced sleep tracking for the Apple Watch. And it's it works pretty well. Scott Stein, our uh, editor at large in reviews, he has had a great time playing with it. And I think that one of the things we're going to start seeing is Apple try to push even harder into that health-oriented stuff, right? They've done a lot of the workout stuff, and now they can track like when I dance and when I do yoga and all sorts of other stuff. So now they're they're going into that kind of quantified body stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they talked about you know FDA uh, approvals for for certain applications last year. I imagine they'll 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 talk about that again this year. They're kind of transitioning it from a fitness device to really kind of a, a full blown health tracker, right? Well, and and you have to keep in mind that one of the trends we're seeing broadly, not just Apple, is that a lot of these tools that used to exist for seniors, right, with like the uh, "Help me, I've fallen and I can't get up," right, the medical alerts. A lot of that stuff can easily be replaced now by an Apple Watch or by another person's device, right? And so I think what Apple is realizing is that there's an opportunity to do more than just have a lot of really fit people sell this thing. And I'm curious to see where it goes. I know that there are a lot of people when the Apple Watch's uh, fall tracker and the, you know, when it could actually recognize when you had fallen and it would check, hey, are you okay? And if you weren't, it would automatically call the authorities. A lot of my friends said, hey, I want to buy this for my parents. So I I think we're going to see more of that stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they if Apple starts angling to get some of this stuff covered by insurance, because that opens up a huge market for them. If 
as this can be covered for consumers. Well, and there are already a couple of insurance companies that are giving discounts and stuff like that. And uh, I've even heard uh, anecdotes about various companies offering that stuff as well, because, uh, you know, honestly, the watch harasses you to work out and to get exercise. And also it helps you to identify things that maybe you don't realize, right? Just like the screen time on the phones for Android and iPhone, uh, I, I, rem I get to see, oh my gosh, I was doing a lot of social network stuff. Maybe I can back off next week. So I, I think that there's a benefit there. I'm not entirely sure what, but it's definitely interesting. Right. And so, you know, the iPhone is not is missing. I, I sort of teased that out earlier. What what happened with it? If you're not following the industry, maybe give us a little bit of context as to why we're not seeing an iPhone. When we traditionally would have. Like this is, I think it's at this point, eight years straight that an iPhone debuted, or this would have been eight years straight that an iPhone debuted in September. That's now likely going to happen in October. Why? Yeah, a lot of it comes from the fact that the coronavirus has been a lot worse on the manufacturing world than initially thought. So back in February, Apple was actually one of the first companies to warn everybody, and particularly their investors, that sales were slowing in China, which makes sense because a lot of China was locked down at that point. And also that manufacturing was slowing. Again, makes sense. A lot of people are locked down. They can't make stuff when they're locked down. Uh, by about April, uh, Apple started talking about how manufacturing kind of returned to normal. And a lot of people assumed, okay, the iPhone's going to come out. We're going to be just like always. And I think, although Apple hasn't said it, that the reality became a little tougher and that the manufacturing world slowed down again. Getting parts has gotten harder and all sorts of stuff like that. And also, this is a major change year for the iPhone. They're going to, all the rumors are that it's going to have that iPad Pro like design. It won't have the curves anymore on the sides, it's going to be more boxy. And also that it has 5G wireless, which makes it super fast wireless, but also means that a lot of the internal components are changing. So all of those things together probably would have been tough on Apple in a normal time and then add on to it a pandemic and economic catastrophe. And you can understand why they're delaying a little bit. Right. And so we, we talked about hardware uh, and you sort of hinted at AR with the, the LiDAR sensors in the iPad. But uh, it's noteworthy that the invite included a bit of a, a fun little augmented reality Easter egg, which suggests AR will play a pretty big role. And it's obviously been something that Tim Cook has talked about a lot over the last few years. But what do you think we're going to see with AR? So first off, if you want to see the Easter egg, uh, the way it worked uh, when I got the email is like I tapped on it and it would kind of allow this thing to turn on, right? The AR function, but not everyone got an invite. So if you go to our story on CNET, you can actually see one of Apple's executives put a video up showing what it looks like. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of nifty, right? It's cute. But um, I think what Apple's doing is that they are laying as much groundwork as possible for the eventual reality of the next step in computing that everyone thinks is going to happen, which is that we're going to start moving a lot of this technology into our, well, onto our faces, essentially. Uh, already, for example, we have uh, Facebook, who has spent uh, untold billions at this point on virtual reality, is talking a lot more about augmented reality as well. We see a lot of this technology seeping its way into filters on Instagram and uh, in TikTok. You've got the green screen behind people that doesn't actually use a green screen. It's, it's using a lot of very smart computer vision. And I think that Apple wants to be in that world really strong for when they come out with their own device, because 
right now, there isn't a lot of really compelling AR stuff outside of social networking. And if they can prove that this stuff works and then, oh, by the way, here's our glasses and you're going to love them, uh, people will be a lot more convinced. Right. And just to be clear, we aren't expecting AR glasses this time around or even a tease, right? Uh, probably not, although it would be it would be on brand for Apple to possibly tease it if it's coming out in the next six to 12 months. But, you know, there's uh, again, everything having changed this year just by that nature, I wouldn't bet on it. But uh, also it would be kind of cute if they did. So I don't know. Yeah, look, a- iPad, Apple Watches and, and augmented reality, these are generally not to be mean, second string products, right? They don't necessarily serve as headliners. Uh, what do you make of this event and then how it'll, it'll likely center on these two products and AR? And these are these are not those those headline products we're used to. Yeah, uh, Apple at one point kind of attempted to see whether or not they could do two events in the fall. One for the iPhone, where it got all of the attention, and then one for their secondary devices, right? And that and that worked to a degree, right? They were able to, for example, uh, back in 2010. Uh, they did a special back to the Mac event and it got a lot of attention and that ended up producing the iPad Air or sorry, not the, the MacBook Airs that almost everybody has used or seen at this point. Uh, so those designs became very popular. They came out in the fall. I'm curious to see whether this will be as popular an event. Uh, and a lot of the rumors out there is that Apple had intended to actually possibly announce the iPhone now, even though they've told people they're going to be a few weeks late anyway. And, you know, maybe just get the hype train going for a little longer. But it's pretty clear that they think either they're going to have enough to talk about here, or they've decided that they want to try and put as much attention on these devices as possible. We'll see, right? I mean, there's a lot for them to talk about outside the iPhone. There's Apple TV Plus, which you know has we don't know exactly how well it's done, but it got a couple of Emmy nods, and you know we've got a little bit of talk about what the next seasons of all this stuff will be. That could be interesting. There's talk about bundling all of their services together. That could be interesting. And then also, like I said, the devices, right? So there's there's stuff for them to talk about. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you bring up bundles, which I mean could potentially be a you know a headline worthy announcement. There's been rumors of the Apple One bundle. What, tell me a little bit about what you're expecting or what we could see in terms of elements of that bundle. Yeah, I think that the bundle right now, most of the rumors are are around the idea that Apple will try to kind of entice you in if you're an Apple Music subscriber or an Apple TV Plus subscriber. Although honestly, if you're an Apple TV Plus subscriber, you probably uh, subscribe to Apple Music, right? They're, I think they're probably want to get more people from Apple Music onto Apple TV Plus, which by the way, not a, a crime, right? This is something we're seeing HBO attempt as well as they're trying to get more people from HBO to HBO Max. But I think what's going to be interesting is how they kind of position this bundle, right? Like, you know, one of the things that we've seen Microsoft do, for example, in their video game world, is that they had three or four different subscription services at one point, right? One for the console, you know, the 100 games you get access to, new stuff every month. They had the, the, the social network for gaming that they had, which was a separate price. They then had the PC. They actually created a kind of video game bundle for the PC. 
And then they said, oh, let's pull it all together into one mega bundle, right? And that became pretty popular. And now they're trying to really push that, even though they have all these smaller stuff that you can do. So I think that Apple's probably going to end up moving in that direction, is that one at one point or another, especially because we don't want to die by a thousand cuts, they need to just say, here's your one subscription. And I think that that makes sense. And it makes it easier for Apple to kind of get you on board and say, oh, here's all the stuff, just like Amazon Prime. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, in addition to, to music and TV Plus, there's obviously Apple News Plus, there's Apple Arcade. And, and really, like, selfishly, like, uh, if they start bundling in storage, iCloud storage. Storage. That would be yeah. huge, right? So I could see how they can create a really, really sticky product if they bundle a number of these components all together. Well, and, and storage is one of those things that's very interesting. It doesn't get a lot of attention these days because the tech industry, frankly, doesn't compete on it anymore, although I really wish they would. And so what's going on here is that you still have people who get the free small amount of data on uh, on Apple servers, right, through iCloud, if you're one of those uh, people. But the thing is that it's always been kind of stagnant for the last few years. And if you have a bunch of photos or if you have a bunch of phones you need to back up, suddenly you're going to run out of space really quick. And it's so annoying. And Apple's done a couple of things to try and fix this, but honestly, it's still an issue. So them trying to kind of push you into the next spot, A, it's probably not going to cost them much. And B, it's another thing to entice you in, right? So I think that would be really smart if they went that direction. Yeah, for sure. I know I I was not a big fan of paying for iCloud until I lost my iPhone or it was stolen. Uh, and I realized the value of getting that that cloud sync. I also have Google Photos as a secondary backup, but um, it's good to have that as a primary. But you're probably not paying for the Google Photos, I'm right? I'm not paying for Google Photos, no. So the quality of your photos is lower than what's Generally, going into Apple. It's like yes. usually they, they compress the SLR quality photos. So it's like most right. of the photos are, are, are workable. They're serviceable. I'm not beating up on Google. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Google, you have to pay to get the higher yes. quality photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, you have to pay everybody. Right. right? right. <laughs> and that's the sucky part. All right. Uh, <laughs> any other surprises we should, we might see? I am going to be looking for what's going to happen with Apple Silicon. Uh, this is something that came out again during the summer event, the Worldwide Developers Conference. Apple is switching the chips that they use in their computers, and most people will not care. But for people like you and me and all the nerds out there, this is huge. And the idea of Apple actually using the same, well, similar chips that are in the iPad and the iPhone for their computers is mind-boggling when you think about how underpowered these devices were just a few years ago. And now suddenly Apple's saying, nope, actually we can compete with those desktop computers over there. I'm like, wow. So I'm really curious to see what they look like, how they're going to change how Apple's computers look and feel. Uh, the last time Apple made a big switch like this when they switched to Intel chips, uh, which was more than a decade ago, they also took that opportunity to completely revamp the way that all of their devices looked. So that's when the MacBook Pro came out and we got those really nifty um, uh, magnetic power cords, which I still cry that Apple has gotten rid of them. Uh, but it, it was also when they started putting the uh, cameras in the computers. That was a big deal. And that was when that started. So a lot of the innovations we take for granted now actually happen during that time. So this is not just about Apple Silicon. This is an opportunity for Apple to really make a splash with new stuff. And that's what's going to entice everyone to buy this thing versus the last thing. Gotcha. That's yeah, there's uh, very interested to see 
what they do and how they take advantage of that Apple Silicon. Ian, thank you for your time. If you have any questions about this upcoming Apple event, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. You can read all of our coverage on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.